0: Welcome to episode 137 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. Well, the Toronto Fringe Festival is done for another year, but there is so much more fringe ahead performers are continuing on their way to the winnipeg and other fringes and i will be going to the halifax fringe with my solo play the commandment so this isn't the end of fringe talk there is also the summer works festival ahead as well as countless other festivals showcasing work by a multitude of indie artists you know, if you know somebody that you think I should talk to, I want to hear about them. They may not even be on my radar, and I want to make sure that I'm always talking to new and interesting theater artists. So drop me a line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can find the podcast at StageworthyPod, really and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. My guests this week are Carolyn Bennett and Jennifer McKinley of Double Down Helix, which opens this week at Kingston Storefront Theater Festival. Have you, have you done the, the storefront? You've you've done the, uh, Toronto, the, Fringe. the Toronto Fringe. Uh, but is this your first time, both of you, for the, the, the Kingston storefront?
1: It's only been around for three years. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's it's super new.
1: Yeah, it's super new. This is my first solo show ever.
0: Okay. You know,
1: like I'm a stand-up comic, so. Are you recording right
0: now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just jump in.
1: Okay. Oh.
0: No, don't. I want you to feel like it's a conversation. It's not an interview. We're just going just gonna shoot to the, shoot the shit, so don't worry about it. Sit Hello, audience. Sit where you're comfortable, and we'll just uh, just go from there. <clears throat> um,
1: my name is Carolyn Bennett.
0: <laughs> I'm a
1: writer and uh, comedian, and I'm here with Jennifer McKinley, my director. I like how you're leaning into the mic as though
0: it
2: can't pick you <laughs> up from like the one foot behind you. you I know? Don't it is, it
0: is, it is it the, the volume is perfect, so okay. you, don't have to, you don't have to worry at all.
1: This thing <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you can tell you t- you t- t- you t-
0: t- t- you're a comic. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm um, used to it. In,
0: in, in, in terms of in terms of as your first solo show Carolyn because um, the, the commandment that I'm doing in, in Halifax this year that's my first solo show what was it that that uh, drove you to do a solo show
1: the subject matter really appeals to me and that is um, to whom do you belong mm-hmm. do, do we belong to science now hmm as is being um, proposed to us through the use of DNA kits. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole thing about uh, defining family, defining who we are through our you know, deoxy- deoxyribonucleic acid a- and the industry that's been created around this, I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I find it fascinating. And... <clears throat> Uh, I just I just started writing, hmm. and if I had known that it would be this difficult to act, <laughs> never in a million years would I would I have put myself out there. Um,
0: you know, I I think it's super easy to write a show. Oh, disagree? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. This um, is Jennifer
1: McKinley speaking <laughs> now.
0: Jennifer, uh, don't 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 take this the wrong way. Writing is its own thing. But I thought when I wrote my show, I thought I'm writing the fucking thing. How, like, how hard will it be to learn the lines for this thing I wrote? Well, it is surprisingly hard.
1: It, it because it's a discipline. Yeah. As, as I'm learning, acting is a discipline. Mm. Writing is its own kind of uh, revealing, its mm-hmm. own kind of revelation, its own kind of emotion it it has its own log- logic it has its own rhythm mm-hmm. as writers we, we sit with our computer and our imaginations and our thoughts and create these worlds mm-hmm. in our imagination it's very sedentary yeah it's very isolating yeah agonizing know, too yeah, it it can it, be, it, yeah. it can be agonizing i don't know about you but i i spend and and Jennifer, I mean, I spend hours at the computer, mm-hmm. absorbed in what I'm doing, mm. and then oh, I better move, you know, yeah. I, I better go to the gym, I yeah. better eat something. But as far as getting it on its feet, as Jennifer mm. says, I thought, um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to challenge myself because as a stand-up comic, I'm used to being in front of audiences, yeah. I'm used to performing, I'm used to you know, writing a hell of a lot, yeah. memorizing, eh, you know, I, I probably have a couple of hours of stand-up material. Have I done a couple of hours? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. The, I think the most uh, I've ever done is 45 minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to challenge myself and do this material, and I liked the idea of a solo show that wasn't stand-up. Yeah. So uh, when I saw Jennifer's show, um, Operation Sunshine, at the Feminist Fuck It Festival, mm-hmm. I was very impressed with what I saw, mm-hmm. her performance, her writing, the way she thinks, uh, her mm-hmm. politics, not only that, but the, the way... Uh, here I am complimenting you. You're just laughing. <laughs> She's just sitting there laughing though. Um, uh, and the way that she was able to... Um, B- bring the subject matter about in such a compassionate and humorous way, mm-hmm. in a deeply personal but also, um, you know, v- very uh, uh, political about the sexualization of women, whether they know it or not. And I was, I was really struck. Mm-hmm. So when I got accepted into the uh, Kingston Fringe, the storefront Fringe, what do I know about directors? What do I know about solo shows? No clue. I mean, I could have asked one of my mm. stand-up friends, but then I would have gotten a stand-up show. Yeah. So I thought, well, who can I ask? And I know Jennifer because Jennifer directed one of my short plays for the New Ideas Festival at the alumni. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to ask her. I really didn't hold out any hope because mm. I thought she'd be busy or something, right? But when she agreed, I was delighted. Had I had known <laughs> the rigors that she would put me through, I I may not have been so eager in, in, in my ass.
0: What, what 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 kind of rigors were you? Were I wear you put kid through?
1: gloves. You're,
2: you
0: don't even know. You
2: don't even know.
1: Kid what are gloves <laughs> made with
2: iron? <laughs> so what are some rigors? Because like I'm also coming from being directed by Clara McBride, who is a very physical.
1: Theater, like theory. You just mentioned it physical. Mm. I have to get up off the couch. Oh. I have to move my body. I wasn't prepared for the emotional mm. aspect of the work. It is one thing to draw the emotion intellectually and silently in our isolation as writers, mm-hmm. it is another thing to conjure it yeah. on stage, live. Yeah. Over and over again, Jennifer will say, "Do that again. Mm-hmm. Do that again. Mm-hmm. I want to see that line again." Oh, do I have to? Yes, you know, because because what I'm being pushed to do is find the emotional truth mm-hmm. in in the situation. Yeah, and yeah, intellectually, it's very easy to see that when you're when you're writing. You know, sure. You're constructing it. You know, you're 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 setting the blueprint and the foundation. But, yeah, getting it on its feet and, and, and feeling it in the body, is, mm-hmm. that has been the biggest challenge. Yeah, And from personal
2: experience, as a reader of Carolyn's work before, um, before um, Carolyn wrote um, Sick Kids Want to Talk to You, which is what I directed, she wrote this other short play called Canis Familiaris, and it was so weird... And just wonderful, and like when we read these scripts for New Ideas Festival, we read them blind. So mm-hmm. this one like wept out at me. I was like, "Oh, this is a sick puppy," and 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 it's true. So we're like, <laughs> you know, okay, and the play is about a sick puppy, kind of. And <laughs> yes. so, so Carolyn, I would describe Carolyn as a as an actor's writer. Okay. So when mm. when she talks Mm-mm. about the work being like an intellectual. Process right. I would say Um, there's a lot that's left for a director and an actor to Mm -hmm. to explore because her writing is very layered. Yeah, Um, it's not obvious um, because it's a little bit on the dark side. Uh, It opens it opens the comedy up to be more than just something that's funny. It's Mm -hmm. also like really really deep and layered, and, and I think that that's why. We both appeal to each other. It's yes. like artistic collaborators. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's actually been a pleasure uh, when it hasn't been painful, <laughs> and it, and it's nice because she kicks my ass. I mean, I'm 20 years older than her. Yeah, she's kicking my ass. I feel like saying, "Will you fuck off?" <laughs> but no, she's my director, and I have a lot of respect.
0: Is it? I mean, when you say that, it's like the the like you knew that she was going to kick your ass.
1: Yes, that's why I asked her. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, although you don't—I mean, she's 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 pushing you towards what she needs to, but yeah, you you did know it was. I signed up for it. Yeah, I may
1: I may yeah. at times resent it. But it's <laughs> only because of my own inertia and laziness and unwillingness to go there. Mm-hmm. But um, I just hope that the end result entertains people, mm-hmm. has them think, enlightens them. Mm. Um, all those things that we hope our work does. Yeah. And she's very modest. It's very funny. <laughs> it's,
2: it's very. I don't care if it makes people laugh. I'm like, you're a comedian. Yes, you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you wrote this. But it's mm. not stand up. Uh, mm.
1: The difference between stand up and and doing a solo show. I was thinking about it. We were discussing it uh, yesterday. When I do stand up, I feel like I have to be in command. Mm-hmm. You know, like master and commander sort of thing. You grab the mic, mm-hmm. and you stand and deliver. This mm-hmm. is this is what I'm going to talk about. You're going lif- to listen. My sole objective, well, you know, the, the, I guess the main objective is to make people laugh. Yes. As a comedian, you mm-hmm. want to make people laugh. If you can get them thinking, you know, she, she makes you laugh, she makes you think, she makes you think you're laughing. Right. You know, that old thing. But um, if you can you know, uh, spark some, uh, some intellectual life in them or mm-hmm. you know, get them thinking in a certain way and you know, I never considered that and introduce that kind of topic in a, in a humorous way. I think that's a, a very um, powerful means of, of um. communicating. But again, the primary purpose <clears throat> is to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. So it is that, that command aspect. And, you know, Jennifer was asking about the motivation behind it. I said, well, it's fear, basically. Mm. You know, it's kind of like I'm going out there and I'm going to make you laugh. And therefore, I've got that power over you Um, because you're eliciting an immediate response Mm -hmm. through stand-up. This, on the other hand, you know, she's asking me about, like, motivation or, you know, how do I feel about this? And, uh, you know, she mentioned love and trust, Mm which are, you know, um, uh, foreign to a lot of stand-ups, you know, because, uh, you know, I was reading something in the Toronto Star today, um, indigenous comedians, and can they, should indigenous comedians, you know, laugh at residential schools or, you know, some of the most painful and shameful... um, aspects of our history and the answer is yes you know if if, if an indigenous person wants to talk about that mm. they can talk about whatever they want and some of the best comedians are indigenous mm. because it comes from a place of pain sure and that's how comedians stay sane mm. is you know take a horrible situation what are you gonna do you're either gonna like jump off the blur viaduct or or mm. you know make light of the situation mm. and get through it somehow gallows humor or or you know, yeah. v- vastly entertaining, or whatever. So, um, so this the solo show and and exploring these you know these other aspects of of character and and you know sadness and loneliness and and weirdness, of course, and and connection um, is for me as a stand-up, has been quite illuminating. Mm. I, I honestly didn't think I could do this. As mm. a matter of fact. <laughs> I was taking uh, George Walker. He offers a... Um, he's been offering workshops mm-hmm. for actors. I thought, what the hell? You know, I'm a huge admirer of his work, right? Of his, of yeah. his playwriting. I thought, okay, this is a chance to hang out with George Walker. Sure, I'll, I'll take his uh, workshop. George, I'm going to be honest. I didn't learn anything about acting. But I learned about his playwriting and I learned about his process, mm. you know. Um, but... Oh yeah. Oh, you know, he, I was talking about this this project, Double Down Helix, and I said, Yeah, well, I'm just because he read it and he said he liked it a lot. And he said, uh, Who's going to do this? And I said, uh, Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to read it from a stand. I'm going to wear a lab coat. And he got so angry. He said, You can't do that. What are you crazy? He said, You need an actor. There's a lot of text here. <clears throat> said, you can't. He said, boring, boring. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I was hurt. I was hurt because mm. that's how I saw this being performed. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm the scientist and I've got the lab coat and I'm telling the story, boring. And I actually said, you're mean. <laughs> and, then he, and then he texted me saying, I'm sorry if I was mean. And then I had to write him back saying, no, you are absolutely right. Mm. That's the thing, you're right. And I'm a lame ass and I'm too late to find an actor now. So I guess I gotta do this thing.
0: How long did it take you to realise that you were wrong?
1: <sighs> I was wrong the minute I said it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but did you know did you know that you were wrong the minute you said it? Two rehearsals.
1: No, not really. I I kinda thought I could get away with just reading it mm. because I thought, Oh, well, it's a friend show, you can do whatever you want and I've never done this before and and then I thought, uh yeah. Uh, yeah. But when I, it was Jennifer. If yeah. if it wasn't for Jennifer, then mm-hmm. I don't, I might still be reading yeah. it off a stand with mm-hmm. wearing a lab coat. By the way, I'm not using a lab coat. Jennifer says no. So
0: <laughs> but it's, it's funny coat. because the, the stand is almost a, um, a crutch.
2: Oh, it is. A, oh, I used it a, as a crutch the other day a, in rehearsal. It's a barrier
0: between <laughs> you and the audience.
1: And remember that point that I said, I don't think I need this stand. And she so was so gentle saying,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you don't need this thing.
2: Nice, but it was nice. It was like training wheels. I let you ride around the block mm. like a ten-year-old mm. on like a bike for a six-year-old. You know, now now you're eleven, and we don't need training wheels anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because there's there's for me um, the idea. Like I, I, you know, coming from theater world, I immediately saw that the stand is a crutch but I recently found out that, like, I, like do, in doing my own show, things like microphones are a bit of a barrier. Like,
1: how are you talk, using the mic? Well, I, like, for
0: my you? show, we're not. I only use it for a couple of moments. But there was another, at one point we had to. We were using it for something else, and the microphone is another way of, in some ways, separating you from the audience um because your voice doesn't go from you to the audience your voice goes through the thing and out the speaker yeah. and to the audience and so it's there's a separation between your voice and the audience which was a thing that we that we learned yeah and, like i learned about how important like oh my god when when my director said <laughs> you know you gotta you're gonna like talk to them right and that means that you're gonna like because they're your scene partner, which means that you have to make eye contact with your scene partner. I had a nervous breakdown right there in rehearsal. They're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to, <laughs> like, look at them. <laughs> which was, which was, but of course he was right.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely yeah. right.
1: Just your first solo show?
0: The Commandment was my first solo but, yeah, show. It yeah, it was.
1: Okay. And then yeah. you wrote The Parliamentarians?
0: The Parliamentarians is, was something I did before that, and it's not a solo show. Yeah, yeah. It was something right. I did... Um, I wrote it at the Red Sandcastles twenty four hour thing, and yeah. and then uh, Rosemary asked if we wanted to produce it, and so right. we did. That one's not solo, but the right. command yeah, was, was the solo. That was a one.
1: Four, yeah. four, four five people, five people, people. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. But the yeah, it was the amount that I learned performing solo is is like I learned so much about. Yeah. the relationship between the performer and the audience right um,
1: I understand what you're saying about the microphone yeah. um, but that could be any technology
0: oh it's sure film yeah
1: you know I mean for the longest time I was much more comfortable with film I was a mm-hmm. reviewer for iweekly yeah. and uh, uh, start reviewing films folks that'll uh, really uh, turn you off the medium forever uh, just after a while I, I mm-hmm. just hated it I feel I can't I can't see another film please. Mm. But that's nothing but a barrier. But yeah. y- you go into that the that's the bargain, you know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah. But it's also it's also very, very powerful in its own right. Yes. But yeah, yeah theater is ancient and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, storytelling or, you know, creating this world. Yeah. Um, but as far as stand-up, a microphone is, it's the power thing. Sure. Know? It's the, 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 the phallic symbol. Well, also... If you, if you will. If you will.
0: Sure. You but know? also, that gives you, like, you're the loudest voice in the room now.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully. sports yes. night, yes. right? Well, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah. if, you're, if you're doing comedy at the sports bar, then maybe not. But, like... <laughs> You know,
1: One of my gigs, one of my first gigs uh, on the road, I uh, was doing, a, you know, comedy in a sports bar, and I guess the owner forgot to tell the patrons that there was going to be comedy that night, <laughs> oh, so I'm in front of a dartboard, oh, and no. people are throwing darts around me, you know, and oh, I'm no. just dodging them with my little microphone, and uh, thanks for bringing up that memory, Phil. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, as, uh, as, as, when did you start writing theater? Because you, wrote, you said that you were writing for, you wrote uh, a play for uh, The New Ideas. So, New ideas. as a comedian, what drew you to write a, a play?
1: You know, it's kind of like stand-up was the fault. Mm. Stand-up is something that, I hate to say this, but it's true. Anyone can do it. You know, mm. there's open mics everywhere. So, uh, okay, you want to go on, you want to call yourself a comic, right? Okay, we'll put you on. Okay, here's your five minutes, here's your ten minutes, whatever. And then mm. you get better and better and... Or not. Mm -hmm. I've always written plays ever since I was a kid Mm -hmm. because it's the voices—the voices in your head, the voices (laughs) in your uh, head—that speak to you, Mm -hmm. and uh, I listen to them, and then I just create the the world Mm -hmm. in which they inhabit. Right. Uh, My first—I wrote—I wrote wrote a couple plays for CBC Radio Mm -hmm. back in the '90s when I lived out in Edmonton. Uh, so that was 92, I think. I won a competition up there, and it was uh, Mixed Media, that was the play. And then I wrote a Radio, and then Pure Convenience, that was the other play. Um, so the succession, so I would say, yeah, um, early 90s is when I started. Hmm. How old am I? What,
0: <clears throat> what, what... I mean, as, as somebody who is, who is sort of like always writing plays uh, like as a young person younger person um when you when you started doing comedy did were you still like sort of leaning towards telling stories in sort of like the theater or did you try to put it all into into stand-up
1: i was also working in television by the way folks this is such a pleasure being asked all these questions. I get to talk about myself, and here Jennifer's just sitting there, you know, nodding. Why don't you pipe up? Why don't you say something? Well, we'll what's it? We're, okay. we're gonna we're going we'll get, 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 okay. get to Jennifer. I just
0: it's just an, it's organic conversation, to and we're gonna we're gonna get I mean, to Jennifer. I mean, this way.
1: is this is lovely, folks, and hopefully you find. I'm, I'm saying folks. <laughs> Why <laughs> am I saying folks? Because is you're I'm old. I'm old, and I and I, but I didn't vote for Doug Ford. I'm just I'm uh, just old. Um, <laughs> What, am, what would we, t- uh, playwriting?
0: Yeah.
1: It's literature. Mm. I mean, I've, I've written uh, short stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if you know this. This is pretty exciting. After this, I'm having uh, my first novel published. What? By an actual publisher, I may add. That's exactly how my, uh, my husband reacted. <laughs> what? That piece of insanity is going to be published? Yeah, that's I, great. It was a shocker, absolute shocker. I wrote it 12 years ago at mm. uh, Humber School for Writers. Mm. I was part of that, so that's another story. But but so I've always been writing, mm. and I've always had a, a large output of, of imaginative work. I guess stand up is the thing that that I'm mostly known for, mm. and it, because, like I said, it's accessible. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to wait years to see it on stage or decades to see it on the screen Mm. i can think of a joke or a bit and then you know go to an open mic or Mm. go to yuck yucks and give it a shot that night if i want to Mm. you know what i mean so uh so the longer pieces the longer work i guess i just always wanted to uh you you know write as a career Mm. so i've been very fortunate to have been Able to make a living off my creativity, up until recently, Mm. I guess. Uh, I've I've taken some freelance work Mm. with the government, and Mm. uh, (laughs) that's its own entity, you know. But uh, yeah, I've 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 done some speech writing Mm. for the government. Mm. It pays well. Mm. That's
0: the thing. That's the important part. Yeah. Question. One more question about. Well, I'm sure there'd be more questions with Double Down Helix. How long did it take you to write it?
1: Uh, not long at all.
0: No? Probably,
1: uh, well, to actually, like, barfing on the page was, you know, a week. Mm. To hone it, mm-hmm. still being honed right now, uh, a month. Okay. But the idea, somebody's got to be writing about this right now. Mm. It, it's so rich.
0: Oh, there, there's, like, it's in, it's, like, I've heard at least... In various podcasts I've listened to, like, it's come up, like, three times in the last two months.
1: As, as, uh, just theater? The,
0: no. Or just the, the, just, subject, the right? just as the subject. And, oh, I've uh, been reading... In terms reading... of, like, um, you know, what is this industry? What is this, this DNA? Yeah. Test this, what is, like, what's the accuracy like, and all that sort what's of thing? What's the
1: accuracy, like. and, and where does the information go? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't... Did you read my press release I yeah. sent? I yeah. actually sent a press release, folks. You see, I do work for the government. Um... Yeah, it all came about that my sister sent her DNA spit off to uh, Ancestry and then she wanted a, a sample from my brother mm-hmm. who works for the government. And he said, of course not. Mm. I'm not giving you my DNA, the most private, mm. personal thing you could possibly mm. hand over to God knows who, mm-hmm. you know. And I just thought, yeah, like, what are you looking for? What, what exactly are you looking yeah. for? What kind of validation are you looking for? Yeah. That's, and I find it a little frightening and a little yeah. suspect. And I may say nefarious. I will use that word. I think there were a lo- it's a nefarious thing. Maybe I'm being paranoid. Maybe I'm being paranoid. However, you know, these DNA companies say we're going to use the samples that we get for genetic research. Yeah. You know, to let, let's find out, uh, you know, cures for new diseases. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. make up diseases and find the cures for them. But they'll, they have that genetic stuff that they can tinker around yeah. with and play around with, right? I'm not very comfortable with it myself because I think it just opens up a lot of questions and, and uh, uh, you know, possibilities of abuse mm-hmm. of the system. And these labs, like, you know, like, like who knows how accurate they are? Who knows who's, you know, dealing with our very the substance of who sure. we are you know the, yeah. the very thread of what makes us us you
0: know there's every reason to be paranoid Thank about that you. sort of thing Thank because you. i mean
1: if we you even justifying look, my if we
0: even look yeah. at, at the kinds of things that we agree to in our everyday lives when we're dealing with with various websites and social media and the agreements that we are making with them in terms of what they can learn about us uh, and these same corporations want our dna yeah The fuck are they gonna do with that?
1: I know, I know, and I was reading uh, uh, Google has a hand in some subsidiary of some conglomerate. Uh, they're packing away the DNA samples. I assume
0: that Google has its hand in it. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Up <laughs> uh, my ass? No. Not, Not yet. yet. Not yet. Not give yet, them
0: give them give them time. Give I'm them sure time. that they'll get there for all of us. I know. But know. Uh, you can
2: I know. probably like live stream like some kind of colonoscopy or something. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I feel like that's 100% next. one hundred percent that you can sh- that
0: you <laughs> yeah. can, now just just now there's Instagram TV, you could stream it live over Instagram <laughs> the entirety of it. For everyone to watch,
1: but can I get a grant to do that? That's you know my what? question. That's the question. As an artist in Canada, is, of can course. I get a, can you get a grant? Can I get a grant? I can partner with a professor and get a shirt grant? I'm <coughs> sure. Sure. Let's write this down, folks. It's yeah, great. Yeah, write it is,
0: This is this is great stuff. So soon we're going to be seeing all these grants given to people to broadcast their colonoscopies <laughs> and things over. It's but it's art.
1: <laughs> it's art. Ooh, look at
2: that kidney, pollen. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, we're
0: gonna get—we're gonna crowdsource our our internal exams so that we can get like you know the the enough doctors looking. We'll actually get a diagnosis that means something.
1: Well, why
2: wouldn't yeah. you want to know what the inside of you looks like, actually, physically? Right? It's like one of these great mysteries. Like
1: I'm we good will with never be knowing. inside. Yeah, it. I'm,
0: I'm perfectly happy animals. not knowing.
1: I've seen my col- my colon live on screen. I don't want to see it again. I'm I, of, like, I, I, it it, like I I'm fine
0: with that. I am 100 percent okay <laughs> yeah, with not no. knowing what it looks like up my asshole.
1: <laughs> you know, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say thank oh, you. I'm, I'm I appreciate. I appreciate
0: that. I appreciate yeah. that.
1: Uh, to, I'll just say one more thing. I wrote uh, one more thing. Unless you ask me for more, <laughs> then I'll just keep babbling. Are you still there, listener? Oh Are you still my god. Okay. <laughs> so I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I wrote a play uh, called Hitler's Ass. Now, why was it called Hitler's Ass? Two reasons, because it was about pretty much the same topic. Uh, scientists tinkering with our the very stuff of who we are, and they took these two drug-addicted ravers and injected them with a serum that would, you know, give them everlasting life, and life. It, they would just live forever, and they just oh, we just want to do drugs, and they didn't know. So the scientists were experimenting on them. That's number one, why it was called Hitler's ass, and number two, it was a catchy title. (laughs) Right there. The subject of science and human affairs has always interested me. Hmm. It's something I studied in university. And more so now than ever, science and technology is such a huge part of our lives. I'm interested in how it changes us as Hmm. people um the 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 progress and the rapidity of the change Mm. and and i'm not anti-science far from it i i love science Mm -hmm. i love studying science i was i was telling jennifer yesterday my family we grew up on the nature of things and cbc Mm -hmm. and all the you know the 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 nova and pbs and everything and my i come from a family of scientists i'm the only arts person in my family um but I think, uh, I think we need to examine how it is changing us. Change, changing the dialogue, changing our language, changing our thinking, changing us as, as human beings. And I would say that it's been changing us since the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. even the
2: Enlightenment. I just mm-hmm. read a book about monsters, and so Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm-hmm. came up. Though that's not really a scientifically... There's no science in that book, right? But, but it's science
1: fiction. It's, it's, it talks about yes,
2: the horrors yes. of the new, the new science, as mm-hmm. it's called. So I think that, yeah, we're just we're, we're advancing so rapidly that we don't have time to keep up. And, and there are true. just so many questions. And so the one thing we can know is where we come from.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. That's what, what I think the whole DNA test plays on, is that maybe you don't know where you came from. That's what people are trying to find out like where did I come from like and, and like where is my family like, what's in my DNA um, as though it's going to answer all of the questions and I think that it doesn't have all the answers it has probably more questions I have
1: read many articles about people who have taken these DNA tests and some of the Incredible family secrets that have come from them, mm. and how it has just shaken them to the core. Mm-hmm. Like shaking, like taking their who they thought they yeah. were, and just shaking them up and sure. toss them out the window. Uh, one of the lines in the play is verbatim from one of these articles I read. Mm. Uh, her her brain had been blown and couldn't be put back the same way. Mm. That was from somebody who one of these DNA tests yeah. and had these results come back to what I'm what I, yeah I'm related to who yeah and I just remember the days where getting a DNA sample was um uh, a police procedural yeah, you know? yeah. it wasn't yeah. something that we you know surrendered
0: willingly yeah no no it's true
1: yeah
0: it's true well I mean that that sort of comes because we've been convinced by these corporations and here I'm going to sound like the paranoid window. These corporations We're have all convinced us. Yes. Hats. We, we yes. should we really <laughs> um, is that we've been convinced that the answers are in our DNA, and that if we just give them our DNA and give them the right to look at it for other purposes as well, that we will have all the answers for who we are, where we came from.
1: Right, and and my my play is about that we are. We are, we are more than our DNA.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's to, to whom do you belong? Yeah. And I'm realizing at, at, my, at my advanced age, I'm 56, I'm not that old, but um, I, my idea of identity has completely changed. I don't want an identity. Mm. I, don't, I don't even feel like I belong to myself. I belong mm. to, this is so new agey folks, but I belong to the universe, mm. you know? Mm. And and that's the crux of the play, is mm-hmm. that, you know, like, uh, the magic flute, I think about yeah. Mozart, I think about the, 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 the fraternity, the brotherhood, the sisterhood of, of humanity, mm. the, you know, th- this body is on loan yeah. to me. Mm. It's on loan, and, and at at this, at now, I'm I'm taking care of it, whereas in my youth, when I was younger, I was out to kill myself, out to abuse, you know, party, 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 yeah, and and I was headed for an early death, mm. you know. So so I cherish. I walk on the earth lightly, and mm. uh, and I cherish. Try to cherish each, each moment mm. because I know it's uh, it's going to come to an end. Yeah, you know. That's mm. not New Agey. That's ancient world. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Those are pagan truths. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 truth, and uh, mm. and that's. But but we tackle it very. In a very humorous way. <laughs> it's not all t- incredibly heavy. It's just, you know, thoughtful.
0: Hmm. Jennifer, as the, uh, as the director, one of the things that I'm, I'm you know, I, I always want to know where people come from theater, like why theater. And so um, for you, like what brought you to theater? What made you realize that theater was going to be your life?
2: Um, I tried very hard to run away from it. Okay. Yeah, several times. Mm. And um, it, I just couldn't get far enough. Like, it was just like I was running backwards on a treadmill or maybe in the direction of the treadmill, mm. not going anywhere. So um, I started theater when I was in my teens. I went to an arts high school. And I say that that experience saved my life. Mm-hmm. And then I left, I graduated, and I'm like, I'm not going into theater. Like, there's no money in theater. And, um, and then my third year of university, I realized, I miss it. Mm. Um, and I had some friends who were in the fairly new Humber comedy program at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and I went to see some of their shows. And they were, I mean, it's student theater, but just fantastic, yeah. so funny. And a lot of those people are like, working today so they weren't all wrong um so i, I was like i miss it i mm-hmm. want to get back into it i went to humber as well and um was doing some comedy um uh following that and then you know had a crisis of faith so get me away from this thing mm-hmm. and um and yeah there was just there was something that kept pulling me back and i i did a clown workshop five week clown workshop with sue morrison mm-hmm. um in 2011 and that was that was it for me so, like, a series of events happened in my life that uh, uh, that I can't talk about because I signed a non-disclosure agreement, but... I um, uh, oh, love those. MBAs. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, no, since then, like, I've just, it, I've just, I've been very lucky that I've just said yes to the thing finally, and so it's, like, enriched me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I never thought it could. Like, you know, like, if I could just take that 19-year-old by the shoulders and say, Patience, like it'll come. Don't worry about it. Do what you want to do.
0: What were you running away from? Do you think
2: it's not, it's not an easy? Mm. It's not an easy occupation, no. or vocation, or calling, or whatever it is. So I think that there were a lot of voices, legit voices. Saying things like, you know, there's no money in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as though like I started chasing a career for money, I didn't. Listen <laughs> um, so that. and there there aren't really, there's nobody in my family who identifies as an artist and, mm-hmm. and lives their life that way, yeah. like even in even in hobby form. Um, so, you know, you look around and it's like, well, who, who is everybody? There are none. So yeah. it's like difficult to choose a path when there, there are no pioneers before you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, no, I was just, I'm not going to name the name of it, but I was in a really, um uh, uh, we'll use the diplomatic word challenging friend show in uh years ago and uh and i was like i'm done (laughs) i'm out um Mm. and i I shouldn't i shouldn't have but i was just feeling like that at the time so so those are the things i think that i was running away from Mm. and then also like my ultimate self like you know the do i want to do this as carolyn was talking about like this this is pretty heavy what i want to do what Mm. i Um, have inside me I always call it like the monster inside like there really is a monster inside that needs to be let loose yeah and um and so the more that I you know do these things like direct or write or perform or um I just recently undertook a collage art project like the more that these things are coming out then like that's not a monster anymore so much as it's like (laughs) you know well I would call it a problem child but not a monster anymore well, it's manifest.
0: Is it, is it the, the fact that it... Because when you really want a thing, that can be a terrifying thing. Like, you want it so much. What if you fail? What if... Like, these are the reasons why people often don't do the thing that they really want to do. Because it, it terrifies them. Because not only what if I succeed, but what if I don't? There's like so many things that are tied up in that. Yeah. That it can be really frightening to just let that happen.
2: I think um, it, it's a lot of work. That's mm-hmm. that's a thing you kind of hear mm-hmm. about the arts, about, com- like, when I was at Humber, like, oh, you're going to have to work really hard, and, you know, <laughs> 10 years from now, or however yeah. many shows, or what's the Malcolm Gladwell, like, um, yeah, 10,000 hours? 10,000 hours, yeah. Right. So, like, that's, nobody wants to do the work. No, everybody wants just the success right away. So, yeah. so that's that's quite daunting. Um and and I'd say that's also daunting for people who are familiar with the kind of like how taxing hard work is. Mm-hmm. You know, we yes. were talking earlier about um, doing our solo shows yeah. and self-producing and like, oh, my God, do I really want to do this thing again? Like, yeah. do I really want to be mm-hmm. my social media master? Do I really want to like be out there handing out flyers? Yeah. Do I really want to like subject myself to, you know, being being on stage and being vulnerable and. You know, and so the I think that the the rewards have to outweigh that yeah. that fear in mm-hmm. order to do it. And so I would say for me, the fear outweighed the mm-hmm. rewards for a super long time, and now it's it's yeah. definitely tipped in the other direction. But um, yeah, no, I I think I think just in in conversations I've had with creative folks, it's it's the work that's yeah. it's. It, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's, it's a lot.
0: It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, what when when you created your solo show, what what was the impetus to make that a solo show?
2: Um, I work best with myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am always available when I'm available mm-hmm, to rehearse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I uh, clown is. Well, clown is duo, clown is solo. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, like, coming from that tradition, um, for sure, is what it, that's, that was the thing that pushed me forward. Um, I spent, I've spent a lot of time writing. Right. And not just things that I perform, but, but also, like, writing and, and, and short stories, mm-hmm. or, um, I'm writing poetry as well, um, and so, because that's such a solitary, uh, experience and, um... It just it kind of made sense in the evolution of like oh mm. well what what am I going to do yeah I'm I, I'm kind of bored with revived shows like mm-hmm. shows that already have a life yeah. so I want to and like I said like that you're a, a total Recall fan maybe
1: yeah yeah you know yeah, like, yeah, it's like yeah, the quaddo yeah, inside yeah, the glade
2: yeah. clear yeah. mind so that's yeah. like trying to get out of me and mm-hmm. like if I can give stage time to that then that's it'll save my life mm. again um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I I love to be able to do the stand-up thing. I've, tr- I've mm-hmm. done it, but, like, not professionally. Um, things that I write, I end up hearing my voice so strongly that I'm like, well, i got to get this in front of people, yeah. and I want to be the talker mm-hmm. here. Um, and the show that I wrote was a personal show. Yeah. So, like, you know, I asked you earlier also, is 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 your show The Commandment, like, is it Phil? Is yep. Phil the narrator? And mm-hmm. you said, no. Well, Jennifer's the narrator. Sure. So, Jennifer's the narrator, but there are also six other characters. So, like, yeah. I also enjoy doing character work. Like, yeah. I found that when I was at Humber, um, that was where my interest lay mm. in doing that. So... Yeah, and if I can if I can present seven characters in 60 minutes or 80 minutes or yeah. whatever it is, then like won't people be impressed with me? That takes
1: talent.
0: Was that well, I mean when you were when you were creating it as a solo show were you thinking like, well, well, if I can do this, will people be impressed with me or was there was there something else?
2: No, because I didn't know what it was going to be when mm. I was writing it. Mm. And so <laughs> when we were rehearsing it, I was like, "Oh my god, these yeah. these women are separate yeah. from me mm. and and I gotta rein them in. Mm-hmm. I gotta rope them in. Like it was more of, um, I have to. While I was being directed, I was like, okay, they they need to live, but they also need to live so I can live. Yeah. Uh, so let's not go crazy with these, you know. Yeah. Hold them in. So yeah, no, I mean like after the fact when I'm like done, and it's interesting. My first show was on my birthday, mm-hmm. and, like a very special day. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about things that are personal to us. That's a thing that. Is personal. Um, it just—it felt really good. Like it's like ah, like
1: yeah.
2: here it is. They like it. They really <laughs> like it. Um, so that that was nice. That's not why
1: I did it, but that yeah. was just a really really nice result. Mm-hmm. See, seeing Jennifer's show when she uh, portrayed all these women, mm-hmm. I thought that is exactly not what I'm going to do <laughs> because I know my limitations as an actor. All my characters are going to be off stage, and I will be talking to them. So in my uh, in Double Down Helix, there's only two characters. That's not narrator, true. The narrator and Patricia. Yeah, that's not true. Well, there's other characters, but they're off stage. Y- the mother is not off stage. Oh yeah. No, she's got me doing
2: uh, the three half siblings aren't <laughs> off stage. Oh, that's right.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, there's for- more to this than, than you even I, think.
2: I completely forgot. And what about what about the the, the brother?
1: The, the, oh res- yeah. Okay. You see, she's making me act.
0: How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I know. How dare- <laughs> Jennifer, when you perform, after you performed it, I don't know, about you, uh, the uh, once I performed the commandment for the first time, and it once I like the first time doesn't count because I was freaking out way too much to actually perform it well. Second performance was like exactly what I could have, what I had imagined it to be. And after that, and after performing it a few times, I knew I just kept wanting to make shows like that. Just like me. I, like, I want to write for other people too, but I really wanted to perform more solo. Um, and I think it was... Carolyn, you talked about, about the power of the microphone. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the fact that I could get up on stage and it would just be me and these people through my talking to them. I would take them on a journey and they would go where I wanted them to go Mm -hmm. emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's something hugely addictive about that, about just doing that with like your body and your voice. Did you, did you find something like that or?
2: Absolutely. Um, I started writing another solo show. Mm. Um, That's, on the on the on the shelf right now, mm-hmm. but I was like, I got it, I got it. What's my next one? What's my next one? What's yeah. my next one? Um, for me, uh, I enjoy making people feel multiple things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I and I think we've talked about this, Carolyn. Like, I like making people laugh, mm-hmm. and also I like to wrench their guts. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that in the same line,
0: yeah, then
2: I have succeeded in in my life's calling. Mm. And you know, you you see the old. Um, you know, the, the, what is it, the laughter and the sorrow yeah. masks in yeah. drama. And, like, I really would just, like, my art form mm-hmm. merges those two mm-hmm. so that you get both of them in the same span of time. It's mm-hmm. funny that you
1: should say addictive. Stand-up is very addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as me doing another solo show, th- that, that will, uh, that is a, uh, to be determined.
0: I think I I would be willing to bet that after you've performed it, yeah. you will know exactly that you want to do it again.
1: But it's funny that you should talk about you you kind of lost interest in writing for other people?
0: I, I no. didn't. I didn't lose interest in writing for other people. I still want to.
1: But you prefer to do the solo work
0: when I'm writing for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I write for solo. If I want to write for more like I there I have ideas some ideas are for me yeah. and some are ideas are for uh, groups of people, right. or from But are you person. more
1: drawn to solo uh, now? Right now, yeah, I am. Right now, you are. Right okay. now, I am. Yeah.
0: So those are the things that are sort of like on the front burner, with the back burner being some of the other, some of the other things.
1: Right. I, uh, I, um, I was in the uh, Thousand Islands Playhouse um, mm-hmm. playwrights unit last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked on a play called The Monarchists. That was immensely satisfying mm. because you know it's just a germ of an idea, and you know you're you're writing an entire uh, full-length play mm-hmm. with these characters yeah. interacting with each other and dealing with an issue and this and that. My preference would be that, and and then I, w- I wrote a screenplay that won an award. Again, it's like I'm going to set the 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 world for these people, mm-hmm. right? You you know like uh, hopefully somebody's gonna come to Kingston and see Double Down Helix and say you know you you did a you did a good job mm-hmm. because right now um, yeah it's all it's just you yeah you've got to create this world mm-hmm. all on your own and mm. it's
0: but when you're able to do that in front of an audience and that's be. when it becomes like I just need to do more <laughs> of this and I found it more challenging to write a solo piece than for like okay. a play with like multiple characters yeah. because if I get stuck with the with this play with multiple characters I can just have somebody walk into the room and everything will change. Right. The dynamic will change. Yep. That's a little bit harder when like I, my limitation is like it's just me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. It's
1: challenging. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean they both have challenges but there's something about like I don't. In the end, doing this thing and like taking people on the journey is is hugely addictive. Thank yeah.
1: you. <laughs> I'll take your word for it.
0: Oh, if you had told me this before I performed it, <laughs> yeah, I would not, because I felt like I was gonna vomit. Like. <laughs> That day before, I don't know if, if you found this. Oh, Jennifer. every day,
2: every performance day.
0: Oh, I I don't find every performance day, but the first time, great. the first time. I can't,
1: I can't wait to do my show. Yeah, the
0: first time I was gonna <laughs> perform it, I had all these plans. It was gonna be such a great day. I was gonna see some a bunch of shows at the Fringe, and then I was gonna go and I was gonna take like an hour before mine, and I was gonna take some time, and then I would do my show. And but the day came, and I was like, I think I'm gonna throw up today. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to do anything except get ready for the show. But that was that day. And then the next day, because I'd done it, and I didn't need to be afraid of it anymore. Because I knew I could do it.
1: Okay. Question for you guys. Yeah. Tips on how to deal with the fringe and your own solo show. Survival tips, please.
0: Drink a lot of water. Sleep. Sleep.
2: Take a bath. Like, soak your muscles.
0: Like, I would say take care of yourself. Know how draining it can be to talk about your show and then perform the show. And make sure that you give yourself time. Uh, some people can go from flyering, walk in, and, and do their show. Gem roles can do that. But very few of us are gem roles. No. And you have to make sure that you, while promoting your show, also give yourself enough time.
2: Yeah, breathe through that anxiety. Oh, shit, is- uh, yeah. Look,
0: yeah.
1: I, I want to throw up right now. Yeah. Listening well, to you guys.
0: That's, no, but like, this is the thing. is like, once you've done it,
1: yeah.
0: you'll be fine. Yeah. It's just that, for me, it's like, it's just that first time I was like, I am going to throw up today. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And I was afraid I was going to, like, I was going to do it,
1: <laughs> like... On stage.
0: I didn't think I would do it on stage. I thought I might do it at the back of the house before the show. I thought for sure that maybe I would have to have somebody have a bucket nearby or something.
2: Hydrate is... Hydration is very important Mm. because your mouth is going to get super dry. Mm. So dry. I didn't have water on stage when I did my show like I was like I do yeah. water on stage and Claire's like no water on stage I'm like but I'm going to be so thirsty but there's no time in my show right. to take right. a, a there's no time so mm-hmm. your
1: show at the Fringe was 90 minutes it was it 80 it was 80 80 minutes and then at the feminist uh, fuck it festival it was that was 55 ran in, that ran in uh, yeah I had to April cut 2008.
0: it April do they yeah. only give you 55 minutes they only or? gave
2: me 60 minutes okay. and so I was like cut cut I'm oh, merciless about cutting yeah. I was like you know yeah, what yeah. I'm going to do this again this is going to be a great experience to see what the show is in 60 minutes. Mm. Like if I to have to pack it up on my back and take it to another city yeah. Yeah. where it's a 60-minute thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I was doing earlier workshops of my piece, I remember doing like seven minutes of it, which was a, I'd written a short story. And I did it at um, a crapshoot at Theatre Passe-Mirai. And... I had no moisture in my mouth. Mm. And I was like, they can hear it. My consonants sound weird. Like my tongue is sticking to various places uh, in my mouth. Um, I didn't have as much of that during the run of the fringe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very, very conscious of my water consumption leading up to showtime. So just backstage, Mm -hmm. just make sure your mouth is moisturized. Like Mm -hmm. just put some moisturizer on it. But none of this like lip x bomb x whatever that that is that
0: should allow you to pull all the all the the moisture out of
2: your mouth nothing with blistex that's it avoid blistex go natural beeswax all the way unless you're vegan then don't do beeswax (laughs) do some kind of coconut oil but yeah you'll need you'll need some of that and like you know even grease up your gums. should i stop taking
1: my meds no no (laughs) no please don't don't. double down also one
0: thing that i would say is like Be conscious of when you're eating in the day. Yes, especially um, I don't know how physical your show is, but Mm. if there's any physicality to it, don't be like I before the show I'm gonna have a double burger (laughs) with fries and I'll have a big big, like just like give yourself time for digestion before the show. Eat light and because I always find myself ravenous after the show, regardless of what time it is. So I'll like eat lightly beforehand because I know I'm gonna like possibly vomit well yeah. <laughs> maybe and if you if you go and you eat like a double burger before the show you're probably going to vomit during the show
2: <laughs> Clarice is eat a banana beforehand yeah. a banana yeah, yeah. that's mm. a Mick Jagger thing isn't mm. it is it like yeah. cognac and bananas and, and bananas. <laughs> some 20 year old model from
1: some beautiful that's what country. Mick would do let me yeah. write this down
0: that's what okay. Mick would do the 20 year old model but you know <laughs> um that's yeah there's yeah uh i think that in terms of fringe survival tips it it's really uh self-care because a lot of people forget about the self-care mm-hmm. you get caught up in promoting the show and talking to people about the show and performing the show that so you don't think about drinking enough water or eating well and things like that
1: well the one advantage is that this is the Kingston storefront mm-hmm. fringe, and I think it's its third year, so it's mm-hmm. small. I think yeah. there's only 17 shows. Mm-hmm. What is it in Toronto? Something like that. Last oh. year, was 160. Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: more this year because of the, the extra site specifics this year.
1: Wow. It's a lot of theater.
0: But that's not, I mean, it's not even the biggest.
1: Have you been to Edinburgh?
0: I've been to Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. I've been to Edinburgh. No, oh, Edmonton scares me. Edinburgh makes me want to, like, just vomit just thinking about it. Did which, you like, read
2: that article that came out a year ago? It which It was, one? like, a blog. It was a woman who was participating in the Edinburgh. She had a solo mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And um, she fell ill because yeah. of the experience. And she had to back out. And she was having major anxiety about it. And they're like, okay, bye. And she's yeah. like, uh, uh, okay.
0: No, but it's like, you know, there's, like, what, like 2,000 shows in Edinburgh?
1: Whoa! <laughs>
0: and it runs for a month like Edinburgh is like this massive machine that like how are you going to get noticed I don't know <laughs> like also nobody makes money at Edinburgh only the venues make money at Ed- Edinburgh hmm. Edmonton is, is massive yep. not I mean not Edinburgh massive but it's yeah. like I think the year I said like, there might have been like 250 300 shows but,
1: it's such a progressive city. But I it, was love still, it
0: was still, it was still like, you can do really well in Edmonton. Yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, but that Even it was with the that. first fringe in Canada, right? Yeah, it was in it Edmonton. Was. Yeah, first
0: fringe outside of Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's why, like, if you're looking around North America and you see there's a Hollywood Fringe and uh, an Orlando Fringe, and oh, they're part of the Canadian Fringe Circuit, like they're part of their CAF members. Even in the, though in they're the States. In the States, yeah. Really?
1: Oh. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, is there something that you are... Uh, what's the th- What are you most looking forward to about presenting the, the Double, uh, double, double down, down Helix? Double Down Helix, yeah.
1: When it is uh, 61 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 61 minutes later. Hmm. Um, what am I looking forward to? Being in Kingston, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I specifically chose to be outside of Toronto. I never even thought of Toronto mm. uh, because this is my first attempt at anything remotely different mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As, a, as a performer. And I thought, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone seeing me in Toronto, you mm. know. And I, Jennifer just laughed at me. <laughs> um, I, it's freedom, you know, it's freedom. I'm going to go to a new mm-hmm. place. It's storefronts, right? Mm. So the, the largest uh, audience capacity is 60. Mm. So say 10 people show up, it will seem like a lot.
0: That's uh, true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to moving people, to uh, having them laugh and appreciate the story. Mm. That, that's the hope yeah yeah uh it's too bad jennifer won't uh, be around because she's away i have we we have a great um young stage manager her name is natasha rotundaro rotundaro and uh, she's originally from toronto but she's a student out of queens Mm. in their theater uh department and Mm. thank god uh (laughs) we found this uh, stage manager who is in kingston Nice, because i don't know anyone kingston i know i know a couple comedians in kingston but I, I have no connection to Kingston. Yeah. But its I, I've been thinking about Eastern Ontario as a place to relocate. Mm-hmm. I've been in Toronto for 30 years, and uh, I don't know. Chasing uh, that conservative <laughs> government out east. I don't know. No. What conservative? What?
2: <laughs> I know. I try what? to forget it, too. What? What? Where? Yeah. Well, Eastern, Eastern Ontario, blue, other than I Ottawa and its environs. I don't
0: Everything is blue. See, everything is, everything is blue outside See, of downtown. <laughs> <the way>. Sure. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I don't know. You want to smuggle cigarettes across the Quebec
1: border? Across Quebec? Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't?
0: <laughs> That's where the real money is. Yeah.
1: Pretty soon we won't have to like like smuggle pot or drugs. It'll all be legal. No,
0: we'll be smuggling it over to the
1: states. That's right. Yeah.
0: I mean, not me. I have to cross the border sometime soon, so uh, not me, not me. NSA. Are,
1: are you taking your show to? No, the I'm states? not. I know. No. Oh,
0: sometimes okay. I travel across. I travel to the states for my day job, and so.
1: What is your I, day job?
0: I work for a company that uh, that does apps for conferences and things. So Ironhead. You, no, that's just the <laughs> that's just the. That's the a cool shirt.
1: logo he's wearing. I
0: know. Um, I work for a company called Event Mobi, and we do apps for for conferences and events. And uh, so okay. sometimes I go to the event, and all right, that's, and uh,
1: could be fun. Yeah. Um, it's
0: like AR. It you use AR. Uh well sometimes. it's like the the you you would find your, your like oh what what what's my schedule what's the where practical the practical things you know, all the practical things. Although there's sometimes we have games in it and stuff, but it's like you know we go and 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 support the app and so I sometimes get to travel to to fancy places. Like
2: Syracuse? Well, I have not been to
0: Syracuse, but we've done um as glamorous as Syracuse. Oh yeah. boy. So yeah. Oh. All the good stuff. Jennifer, what are you like what are you looking forward to uh, as you get to this like once uh, Double Down Helix uh, heads off towards Kingston, what are you looking for uh, what are you looking forward to seeing as it grows and gets ready for performance?
2: Um I'm looking forward to and I totally understand this and this isn't any kind of like slam against you, but I'm really However. looking forward to um Carolyn being um off book. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned earlier that we're still she's still editing, and that's totally fine, pre-negotiated. Um because once that's kind of like to, and I know that for mm-hmm. my own like as you know, my own actor brain, yeah. like once you've got the lines, then A different type of world can open up or like open up sorry open up wider than than it has um i feel like carolyn has been echoing where i was a year ago when she says i'm not an actor i'm not an actor because i don't consider myself to be an actor either and Mm -hmm um and and so hearing people say yeah yeah you are you can't say that anymore so i'm hoping that carolyn feels that as Mm -hmm. well um although it might take it might take maybe another crack at the show (laughs) another run at the show for her to feel like that um and the the process of directing for me and also being directed is like really wonderful because it's like Carolyn has called it sculpting I also feel like it's pulling back the layers of an onion right mm-hmm. and so yeah. if you're if you're delicate and you have the time to do it you can like really pull so much out of like yeah I don't even know what they're called but like they peel and they're they're very yeah. thin and there's just there's a lot of stuff there mm-hmm. so um yeah I think discovering everything that's hidden in those folds mm-hmm. and every time we rehearse something new comes out yeah. so We've got how many rehearsals do we have left? Maybe six rehearsals, eight rehearsals we have left. Yeah, about that. Something like that. So, that's mm. um, eight more opportunities yeah. to to really find what drives the main character and and uh, and
1: find also the little ticks in the narrator. Who? Nice. So you know what's interesting when you're saying I'm I'm not off book. I was rehearsing today in the park and completely off book. Like when, when I'm mm. reading, my, like just doing the lines, right? But it's when you throw in all the emotional stuff, like, right? Walk mm. here, something. turn on your heel, yeah. say this oh, yeah. now. Oh yeah, <laughs> the blocking and the physicality. That like, it's funny just to hear Jennifer like just burst out laughing
0: mm. at moments. You know, one of the things that's interesting. What I
1: felt, my always idea.
0: found interesting was how easy, while trying to learn lines, how easy it was for me to know all of the lines. Yes, if I had that script in my hand, I would even not look at it.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah.
0: But that crutch of having it there. Mm-hmm. But then I would put it put it away, yep. and all of a sudden, uh, what's the first line? That,
1: yeah, line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you know it's going to be a great run at it when that's the first thing you say when you walk on stage. Oh, I know. I'm, line. I'm totally,
1: I'm totally anticipating it. Line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks a lot, you guys. This has been great.
1: Oh well, thank you very thank much you for having us. having us. Yep, and uh, good luck with your show, thank and you. uh, for the people out in uh, <laughs> podcast land. Double Down Helix is at the Kingston Storefront Fringe Festival. It runs from July 21st to the 28th. Please consult with the local media in Kingston. Venue number three. That's right. Thank you. (laughs)